welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Growing up in the 90s, uh, we had a number of non-electronic games. We played with blocks, board games, played outside. My cousin and I would play with large swatches of fabric and tie together costumes. But for my family, a particularly popular game was a marble game. For this game, you had a number of pipes that you could connect together, including funnels and zigzaggy tubes, and you could connect them and build a huge tower down which you would run marbles. My brother was far and away the best at this activity. He would build large marble-run castles, and we'd put the marbles down the maze of twists and turns, having races, and trying to grab your favorite marble out of the bag. When they weren't racing down the track, we'd draw circles in the carpet and play marbles, using different marbles to try and hit others out of the circle. I'm pretty sure we didn't play by any official rules, and all the marbles went back into the bag at the end of the game, so nobody, like, took any home. But it was basically a kid's version of pool, and it required skill, prowess, and an instinctual understanding of the friction of the carpet, the angle of your thumb, and the appropriate amount of flicking power. We'd also occasionally use marbles in school by putting marbles in paint and rolling them around on a piece of paper to create unique trails. I haven't played with marbles for a good long while, but most recently I have been using marbles as part of some physical therapy, which is why all the memories came flooding back. So this week, in honor of carpet circles and marble tracks and long-term healing plans, let's talk about marbles. Marbles have been used for games for thousands of years, with stone balls being dug up in the Indus Valley dating back to around 2500 BCE. They have been found in ancient Egypt and in Native American mounds in North America. The game of marbles has been around since at least the Roman era and likely before, as the poet Ovid mentions playing a game like marbles but with walnuts. Marbles have been found in many excavation sites in Egypt and from the Chaldeans. These marbles were generally made of stone, glass, clay, and sometimes bone. Marbles made their way to Britain in the Middle Ages, imported from the lowlands, which included countries like Flanders, the Netherlands, or Belgica. In Germany, in the city of Nuremberg, there was a town council held that decided to restrict marble gameplay to a specific meadow outside the town. Makes you wonder what kind of marble gameplay was going on inside the town, enough to make it a town council meeting agenda item. I'm imagining, like, really intense games, but who knows. This happened in 1503. It was also from around this time and this era that round balls got the name of marbles. Marble making was actually really huge in Germany, and they were the main manufacturers for a good long while. I actually lived just outside of Nuremberg for a time in a small town called Feucht, and I wish I'd known where this meadow was. I would have definitely gone and played marbles, although it might not be there anymore. Who knows? But Nuremberg is a beautiful city if you want to go visit. I would recommend at Christmas time. It's stunning. So the name of marbles refers to the stone, also called marbles. These marbles were made by polishing small fragments of stone like alabaster, marble, limestone, brass, and agate. These stones were made in mills and quarries. Although we don't know when marbles were first officially manufactured, we do know about the invention of marble scissors. And again, we're back in Germany with a German glassblower who invented the marble scissors in 1846. The device was ceramic and became a part of mass production in the 1870s. 
When it comes to production in the United States, clay marbles for the game of marbles, which was quite popular, went into production in the early 1890s and was made by S.C. Dyke in Akron, Ohio. Akron was also where we made some of the first glass marbles as well. These were made by Harvey James Layton. Akron continued to lead in marble production years later in 1903 with a patented glass marble making machine made by Martin Friedrich Christensen. Christensen had his own company which produced millions of marbles and other toys until 1917. Another big glass manufacturer started up in 1911 in West Virginia. It was called Acro Agate. These days, U.S. marble production continues to find its home in West Virginia and Ohio with the companies Marble King and Jabo Vitro. While Germany produced most of the world's marbles for a good long while, production eventually moved to the United States and has since moved to Mexico, but we'll come back to that in a minute. There are a couple different games that you can play with marbles, but in the UK and the US, the most popular game is the one that I described earlier. It is called Ring Taw, or Ringer. In this game, a big circle is drawn and a large marble called a taw is flicked to hit other marbles out of the ring. However, turns out it wasn't always very lucky to play this game. There were beliefs that the best time to play marbles was between Ash Wednesday and the middle of the day on Good Friday. Any time after that was supposed to be unlucky. There have been British and World Championship marble games played in Tinsley Green, England, yearly since 1932. In the first championship game in 1932, this was won by a girl named Ellen Geary. Since the 2000s, the German team has won several times. In this championship, about 20 teams from around the world have joined in the games. In the game of marbles, there are a number of unique rules and names for the rules that I did not know growing up playing the game. A few are pretty straightforward, like calling quitsies or no quitsies, meaning someone can just quit the game or they can't. There's also playing for keepsies, playing to keep the marbles that you win. But then there are some that I could not figure out, like elephant stomp. This is a move in which a player can stomp their marble into the ground to make it level with the ground, making it really difficult for other players to knock the stomped marble out of the ring. There's also bombies, in which a player can stand above another player's marble, but must have one eye closed, and then can try and drop their marble onto their opponent's marble to move it. While there are many kinds of marbles for gameplay and the like, there are also art marbles, which are not meant for gameplay, but are individual works of art by glassworkers. There are also marbles called contemporary glass marbles. These marbles are usually about 2 inches in diameter, or 50 millimeters, and are nicknamed toe breakers. Easy to imagine how they might have gotten their name. And I feel bad for whoever did that. <laughs> there are also other kinds of marbles, like an aggie, which is made of agate and has different patterns. There's an alley marble that is made of alabaster and striped with wavy patterns. There's a bumblebee, which is made by machine and is yellow with two black stripes. There's also a kami or a common marble, which is made of clay and is usually a neutral color. The steely is made of steel. The china is made of glazed porcelain. A sulfide marble is a German-made marble with a figurine inside, like an animal and sometimes a human figure or a train, although these ones are very rare. The figure on the inside is made of white clay, but it looks silvery. A shooter marble can be any kind of marble that is bigger than the others. And a tom bowler is a large glass marble twice the size of other marbles. Marbles can be made by hand or by machine. At first, of course, they were all made by hand. Ivory and stone marbles were made by grinding, whereas clay, porcelain, pottery, and ceramic marbles were made by rolling it into a ball, letting it dry, then firing it, and glazing or painting the marble. Crock marbles, also called commies, as we just learned, were sometimes made from leftover earthen clay that was used to make crockery. 
Glass marbles can be made by putting glass rods into a desired pattern for the marble, cutting them with marble scissors, and then rounding out the glass while it is still malleable. When it comes to a mechanical method, you can create marbles by dropping molten glass globs into the groove of two interlocking screws set at a parallel. The screws will then turn, which shapes the glass. Color can also be added during this process, for instance to create cat-eyed marbles. Cat-eyed marbles began to be produced in 1944. Most of the world's marbles these days are produced in Mexico City, 90% to be more exact. A company called Vacor de Mexico produces more than 12 million marbles daily. The company was founded in 1934. So we've got some excellent uses for marbles around the world, but let's talk briefly about a few other uses for marbles. Well, there's the one that I already mentioned, which is using marbles in some physical therapy exercises, but there are other uses as well. Perhaps you have tried the Japanese drink Ramune. If you have, you know that this soda has a pinched or twisted neck of the bottle, and in order to drink it carbonated, you have to push a marble down into the bottle to set off the carbonation. This style of soda bottle is actually called a codsneck bottle. The codsneck bottle was invented back in 1872 by a Londoner by the name of Hiram Codd. Cod was a soft drink maker, and he patented his design of a codneck bottle. In this bottle, you'll find a marble and a rubber washer. What happens is the bottle is filled with soda upside down. The pressure pushes the marble against the rubber washer at the top, effectively sealing off the carbonation. The bottleneck is then pinched so that the marble has to be pushed into a chamber to open the drink, which also allows the person to drink around the marble without swallowing it or the marble blocking the opening. The codneck bottle went out of style after a while with the introduction of the steel crown cork bottle cap. And these days, vintage bottles can be a little hard to come by as kids would often break the neck of the bottle to get to the marble. But there are two main drinks that still use codneck bottles. So they're used for the Japanese drink, Ramune, as mentioned, but also an Indian drink called Banta. Personally, right now, I'm very grateful for marbles as they are helping me out. But for all the times that I've enjoyed Ramune, and now I have to find some Banta somewhere, and for all the games of marbles that we've played, and the wonder that we experience as children trying to figure out how they got the pattern and swirls inside of that glass orb, I'm very grateful. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care.